Hello, everybody. Welcome to Perpetual Motion. I'm Dr. Mo Anderson. And the question for the day is, can your diet change your sexual health? This is a podcast focused on culture, communication, wellness, and relationships. So that's pertinent. And my goal is to help you stress less, produce more, and love the ones you're with. If you're ready to change the way you heat up the bedroom, Amy Riley has an evidence-based diet solution. She is best known as an authority on aphrodisiac foods. And that's not a credential she made up, folks. In 2004, she became the second American to earn a master's degree in gastronomy awarded by Francis Culinary Temple, Le Cordon Bleu. Not only that, she's also a speaker, cookbook author, and consultant. My favorite book titles by Amy are Eat Cake Naked and Fork Me, Spoon Me. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. You can't say Dr. Mo ain't tell you, you that fear magnifies the consequences of failure. What are you scared of? Why are you afraid? I'd rather live like I'm dying than live to die any day. My heart is pure, my soul is safe. Hello, Amy. Welcome to Perpetual Motion. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. You have appeared on the Today Show, CBS Early Show, been Featured in National Geographic. I don't even know how that all goes together. (laughs) You are way more than Instagram famous. So this is an honor for me to have you here discussing food, drink, and and sex life. This is good as it gets for me, I'm gonna be honest. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I don't, you know what? I actually looked at some of your topics and I feel like I feel kind of frivolous as compared with a lot of what you tackle. So hopefully I can impart some real information. You know what? This, this is real. I, I, you know, communication, wellness, and relationship. I I think this actually goes into all three, but definitely uh, wellness and relationships. So you're a good fit. And uh, yeah, I don't, everybody who reaches out, I don't, you know, is if it's not a good fit there, mm-hmm. I just say, you know, this might not be the show for you, even though you right. got a good platform. So we are where we are supposed to be today talking to each other. And thank you for, for checking out the podcast, too. That means a lot to me. Of course. I want to know how this all started. What piqued your interest in the relationship between food and sex? Well, to be honest, I was originally working as a freelance wine writer and I needed to diversify. In other words, I needed to make more money (laughs) as we all do. And so I thought, okay, well, I wanted to stay in the food and wine world and I wanted to find a topic that was a fit for me personally, that was of, of interest to me. And I really have always loved folkloric history and um, particularly, um, you know, Greek mythology. And I also have always been very interested in the health side of food. I had some health issues of my own that change of diet had, you know, was part of the treatment. And I, it's always been of a great deal of interest to me. And aphrodisiac foods and the relationship between food and sex is a topic 
that naturally melds those two things together. So it was really exciting for me to kind of delve into this field. Absolutely. And what a wonderful way to, uh, you know, package that topic and, and brand it so that it really, you know, piques people's interest because that's the thing. We can have all the great information in the world, but if we can't get that click, then it right, doesn't, right. doesn't matter. So you did something great with some really good, helpful information. So I mentioned in the intro that you have a degree in gastronomy from Le Cordon Bleu. I do. I practice saying that. I had to Google it, make sure I got it right. <laughs> my, my, my Paris, Texas, France accent. But I really, really love that your dissertation was on the relationship between food and sex. I seem like I'm just arbitrarily saying sex, but it's, it's really <laughs> a question. It's a real, yeah, no, it's a real thing. My, my dissertation was on the relationship between food and sex in American pop culture. And mind you, this was American pop culture in like 2003. So it's evolved. It's evolved in a very positive way. But um, yeah, that's my thing. So that was that that had to be something new for them. I cannot imagine that that's been a common because dissertation (laughs) run along a certain line, especially there. that set them back on their heels a little bit. I know the French are a lot more liberal than us. I've, I've been there and, and they don't have some of the hangups we have, but I'm just curious how that went over. Well, yeah, it was, I was definitely a novelty, um, which, you know, is a good and bad thing. Um, this program, though, it was, a, it was a collaboration between a university in Australia, the University of Adelaide and the Cordon Bleu. So I was dealing with both the Australian sensibility and the French sensibility. And I'm grateful that it was those two rather than American, because I'm not sure I would have been allowed to pursue my uh, dissertation topic had it been with an American university. I mean, there was a little hesitation, but it was embraced by both the French and the Australians for sure. I, and I, I can see that as well. It's, it's interesting the way we pick and choose what we want to be very conservative right. about. <laughs> and yes, especially within the, the pop culture and culture in general and gender roles and all of that. But I digress. <laughs> we throw the word aphrodisiac around a lot. But for clarity, mm-hmm. for the baseline, would you give your definition or the general definition for the word aphrodisiac as we'll be using it today? So a, a general definition is a food that uh, when we're talking about food as an aphrodisiac, because there are things, you know, it is used for, for other things other than food. But when we talk about food, it is a food that um, increases sex drive. Basically that's the general definition. I think that we need to look at it more openly um, that it's not necessarily that it increases sex drive or sexual hormone, because you can look at foods that are aphrodisiac, some of them are simply a part of eating for sexual health. Some of them have that immediate thing, which is you think an aphrodisiac, I'm going to instantly get turned on or the person across the table for me is instantly going to get turned on. Um, but it can be a food that if you incor- start incorporating into your diet can, you know, increase your sexual health. And I think that that's a really important part of what aphrodisiacs can do. Oh, that's that's a good good point of clarification. Just the overall health and wellness will improve your um, relationships in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, and the intimacy uh, notwithstanding. So, thanks for bringing that point up. 
You've appeared on the Today Show, CBS Early Show, National Geographic, so many programs, and you've discussed how food and drink impact your health. But I particularly love the story about the time you appeared on Martha Stewart's Weddings. Will you share that story? (laughs) That's just about So I was booked as a guest on Martha Stewart Weddings Radio, which was, I think, an an XM or Sirius channel at the time. I don't know if it's still around. Um, And I was asked a question to which an appropriate answer had the words erectile dysfunction in it. Like I wasn't trying, you know, it, it was I was just giving a legitimate answer. And there was a there was some silence. There was an awkward pause. Right. And I just plowed through the rest of the interview, whatever. I felt fine about it when it was done, all said and done. Maybe 10 minutes later, I got a call from my publicist saying, you know, they will never have you on again. Oh, wow. They were, yeah, you, 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 because you said erectile dysfunction on Martha Stewart Weddings Radio. (laughs) That is unbelievable. And I mean, that was, so that was 10 years ago. We can laugh about it. I don't think that would happen now, but it's just so funny. Like I was really trying to give like this really helpful, like science-based answer. And I got thrown off on Martha Stewart Weddings Radio. Oh, I am am so sorry that happened, but that's, that's on them because that was uh, technically correct. And you know, shame on them what, to have you on talking about this topic and not expect for you to use the you know <laughs> proper terminology and words. But you know, it just makes me think about. You would think, Amy, that that happened twenty years ago, really, not ten, when we yeah. think about music and television and movies. So I know they have to worry about sponsors and those things, but that's just really funny. Were you just appalled when the publicist told you that? I don't think you were laughing then, were you? No, I certainly wasn't laughing then. I tend to be a little too sensitive. So I probably cried into my pillow um, at the time, but you know, I mean, as soon as I could take a deep breath and think about it, I mean, what can you do but laugh? Like, I know I gave a good interview. I know I gave them like legitimate answers. It's all good. It's all good. It is. And and here you are, many books, many interviews later with a very <laughs> funny story to tell. That's actually much more interesting to me than if you just said you were on the show. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> so we turn those lemons into lemonade, which hopefully also helps with your health. Um, can't changing your overall diet, and I think we've kind of alluded to this, mm. but I want to be very clear. Can changing your overall diet, just eating healthier, actually improve your sexual health? So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, honestly, that's a large part of why I I pursue this topic. As I said, I was a wine writer, but now this is solely my focus because I really believe so much in how important it is and how easy it is to achieve better sexual health and just feel good in general Mm -hmm. by simply being more conscious about what you're eating and when you're eating it as well. Right. Okay. Just pretty much like exercise, just right. Your stamina, improving the way. Except eating is way more fun than exercise, right? You know what? Yes, it (laughs) is. And if I got to choose as most of us do on a daily basis, three, four, (laughs) five times, we elect eating foods that we enjoy over exercising, right? You are. Yes. Well, when we look at food specifically, are there foods that improve 
uh, men's sexual health over women's sexual health or just there certain foods that work best for both or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are obviously, we all need certain nutrients, right? For sexual health, but women and men are very different and we do have different needs or different amounts of nutrients that we need. You know, for example, men need more protein than women. And you would think, well, protein, that's just, that doesn't have anything to do with sex. But in fact, it does, of course, because you need sustained energy, right? You need energy, number one, but you want the sustained energy for good sexual performance. Um, So things like that come into play. And of course, there are, you know, nutrients that help with testosterone testosterone production versus estrogen production. Um, I actually run a website called eatsomethingsexy.com. And there we created a list of the 10 best foods for women's sexual health and the 10 best foods for men's sexual health. And they are two different, completely different lists. Oh, wow. And that, mm-hmm. that information, they can go to eatsomethingsexy.com and that information right. free is available. Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Just want to check. But I don't want to hear, <laughs> <laughs> hear it. You must yes. be getting a kickback. No, just no, let me no. know up front. And I think those are two good lists to have. But so what is that based on? Is that some research that you did? for those lists or how did you come up with those foods? It is. However, I collaborated, collaborated. It's not even a word. I <laughs> it is now. It is We're going to new word here today. Hey, so I collaborated with a nutritional expert. Her name's Delana Flagg. Mm-hmm. And funny story. She was actually my intern. She was getting her chefing, uh, a chefing degree from Le Cordon Bleu. And she wanted to do her internship with me instead of in a restaurant kitchen. And um, she became so interested in the topic of aphrodisiacs that she went on and got a master's in nutrition and then went on to work on her PhD in nutrition. And now she, you know, I can, she's a consultant now for me, basically. Um, And so she and I created these lists together. Okay. And what a great story of of mentorship. You're just giving back. (laughs) You got to be pretty proud of that. I I love seeing people who I've worked with or coached or mentored, you know, go on. Yeah, It was unexpected, but yeah, she really, she really loved the topic. Wow. That's nice. That's really good to hear. So when we, you know, we're talking about men and women and relationships and chemistry and I'm single, I date, and I happen to think date nights at home are the best. I'll take it over any white linen tablecloth, assuming somebody cooks for me. So that's the thing. Right. That's right. I agree. That's my big thing. If you cook for me, well, you're halfway there. I'm going to tell you right now. I understand completely. What are the best foods to serve to a date? I saw this on your list of questions. I thought that's a great question. Okay. So first of all, the most important thing to keep in mind, what does the person you're cooking for like? Yes. Because I could give you a list of these are 10 foods that are going to be amazing for a date. These are aphrodisiacs that are going to have this amazing immediate effect. Yeah, if they're foods they don't like, please don't do that. <laughs> it won't have that effect even if they hate No, them. no. So, you know, for example, I mean, some of the best foods for a date night would be chili peppers, um, oysters, uh, champagne. Uh, I mean, my husband doesn't like any of them. Oh, my. <laughs> oh my. 
So it's really important to keep in mind what the other person likes. Within that, I can tell you there are certain foods that have that kind of immediate effect mm-hmm. um, on the body where, you know, they could lead rather than being foods that you eat for sexual health foods that kind of lead to romance. Um, chili peppers, as I mentioned, top of my list because they raise your body temperature. They make your lips plumped up, plump up so you look kissable. They make your tongue tingle so you want to be kissed. They can even make your cheeks flush a little bit. So you kind of have that sort of sexual flush look. This sounds like the origin of both <laughs> Maybe it is. Um, but chili peppers, so they're very effective. Now for people who can't tolerate that much spice, mm-hmm. ginger has a very, has similar effect. It's more modest, mm-hmm. but ginger still makes your tongue tingle. It still raises your body temperature. So ginger is a great choice of an ingredient to incorporate. Um, I also recommend keep the meal light. Don't make a steak. Don't make a heavy pasta dish because when you eat heavier foods, the blood has to go to your stomach to work on digestion. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know how the body works. And if you, you know, if you can't achieve sexual arousal, if all the blood has gone to your stomach and is working there, you need good blood flow everywhere. Right. Or the arteries are clogged. Like right. We do every Thanksgiving, which is why there's right. heart attacks, you know, right. it's because right. all of a sudden you're eating all this fat that you don't normally eat. And you're yes. just messed up. Good, good points. Uh, are there, you mentioned chili and mm-hmm. uh which i kind of think of as is toward a spice or maybe it's just in the way that i buy it toward mm-hmm. that in are there other things that you can just add or sprinkle on to what you know they like already say if something on the list oh you know? so add more spices right. so here's a really funny one that i love and this is you don't even have to cook with it there was a study a number of years ago uh, on food scent and arousal. Oh. And it discovered that for, for whatever reason, men are aroused simply by smelling a combination of pumpkin pie spice and lavender. Pumpkin so if you pie. want pumpkin pie spice, you know, the stuff you buy in the bottle, right? right. right? Huh. Combined with lavender flower. Wow. So all you have to do is buy like some dried lavender, a jar of pumpkin pie spice, Put some in some water, simmer it in a pan on the stove. Just have the aroma going. What in the world? It turns men on. It turns men on. I don't understand it, but it's proven. I'm trying to think what grandma, (laughs) ma, some other girlfriend could have made that had those ingredients. Well, yeah, exactly. You're never going to make anything that has those ingredients. I mean, it's a weird combination. I don't even know how they ever thought to combine it. That's why I say simmer it on the stovetop and just let the aroma fill the air, you know? Okay. Uh, English lavender, French lavender. So for people who are real particular, does it matter or just lavender? <laughs> I, I, they did not identify where this lavender was grown. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I like lavender, but I don't, those two together. I mean, I'll do it, but it won't be yeah. for me. I don't think that I'll do it. Well, no, it's for a man. It's right, only for right. men. Now for a woman, um, 
the interesting thing, women are attracted to the scent of truffles, which is a very, I mean, you are a high roller if you're going to like shave some truffles at dinner. Right. But that is the scent, since we're talking about scents that arouse people, that is the scent that arouses women. I, I believe that. I like truffles. <laughs> no, that is good to know. So that's going to be an interesting dinner with the chilies and truffles and lavender going. Yeah, up. that's don't <laughs> do it all in the same meal. The other thing I want to say is there is no shame in takeout, right? Right. If you aren't ready to cook, there is no shame in takeout. However, what you need to do is take it out of the cardboard container. Please. Yes. Give it a little presentation. Give it a little, make it feel like you did something special. Exactly. Some flowers on the table, some candles mm-hmm. you can really, really make it, make it work. Cause visually is, is well, you know, the, the overall ambiance is going right. to add to this date night. I'm just putting that out there. Don't put all your focus on that meal. You might want to straighten up a little bit. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just. Pick up another roll of toilet tissue. Just, you know, some little things you can do to facilitate. (laughs) You have several books with really wonderful, wonderful uh, titles. I mentioned a couple in the uh, intro, but there's an entire book on sexy desserts. Tell us about the book and your favorite sexy dessert. So you caught me. I have a sweet tooth. I mean, that's what this whole book is about. I have a sweet tooth. It's called Eat Cake Naked. Yes. And um, this was actually co-authored by Delana Flagg, the nutritional authority that I mentioned earlier. Uh, She and I created the recipes and wrote the whole book together. And the concept is to creating desserts that can actually help improve your sexual health. So we did things like in our brownies, we not only added the obvious dark chocolate because it's, you know, aphrodisiac has higher antioxidant content and so forth, but we also use chickpea flour. So you're getting fiber instead of, you know, the, the white flour, which has no nutritional value. You're getting, you're getting a little protein. You're getting a little fiber from some chickpea flour. So we did this throughout the whole book. And by the way, those brownies are one of my favorite, favorite recipes. It's got, it's got um, cherries, Cherries, dark chocolate, walnuts, and oddly chickpea flour. You would never know it had chickpea flour. Don't get freaked out. But <laughs> so you know, chickpeas and brownies doesn't sound that good, but they well, I are like amazing. Flour, and no one can ever tell. I use almond. Flour. Right? No, we use that's that's another thing we do in this. We use we um we grind up oats into a flour. We use almond flour. We use all these sort of alternatives that have extra benefit to your sexual health instead of using something like white flour or just using whole wheat flour, which is so heavy and makes most desserts taste healthy, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's eat cake naked. Okay. Well, <laughs> congratulations. What, what are some of your uh, other titles and, and what are those books about? So my very first book you mentioned is Fork Me, Spoon Me, yeah. probably still my favorite book. Um, in that book, I took 12 aphrodisiac ingredients and I, they were, and I picked things that were historically aphrodisiac, but you could buy at the grocery store, Good. like mango mm-hmm. or chocolate, a dark chocolate, you know, things that you could actually get, um, talked about why they're considered aphrodisiac and what you can do with them. 
So that's a, that's a fun, and that one's a fun read, to be honest. I wrote that book with people who don't want to cook in mind. (laughs) So I, and I know a lot of people who buy that book and just read it for the fun of it. They don't actually cook from it. (laughs) And all of the covers too, you guys, even if you don't read, just, just order download for the covers. (laughs) Very, very hot, very sexy. I don't know who does your covers, but wow. I have an amazing art director. So yes, thank you, Deborah Daly. But then I did a book called Romancing the Stove, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, that is the only book that has me on the cover. Is that you? (laughs) That is me. Nice. Yeah. That was me before children, but that was me. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of recreated a scene to it. Made me think Mm -hmm. about like the 50s, 60s. It was really, that was nice. That was my kitchen. That was was me. Um, And that book actually probably has my favorite recipes. That book has great recipes and you know how recipes so the book is what six years old or seven years old now and you know how recipes go out of fashion pretty quickly right this book held up these recipes are still current they are still like what you want to be cooking so you have Um, staples in there and I like too that you said things that you know you have because if if they're delivering you know, the ingredients to you, that's fine to have some little odd things, but I hate it when I get ready to try to do a recipe and there's some little right bizarre stuff in there that only a chef, you know, right. chefy would, would have. So I appreciate you thinking about, you know, keeping it real, keeping it practical for people because yeah. I'll yeah. use it more if I know I'm not going to have to go out and buy a whole bunch of little weird stuff I never heard of. Yeah. Now I will tell you in Romancing the Stove, the one where I love the recipes, uh, with that book, I, I did a bunch of my own recipes, and then I approached chefs that I know whose food really lends itself to, you know, aphrodisiac cooking, and I asked them to contribute a recipe so there would be these higher level recipes with those things that you're saying. Like some of them have ingredients that you gotta, you know, you, you may have to go out and find, but those are fun for the people who like to do that. And then for the rest of us, you've got, you know. 36 more recipes that are my recipes that you can get at all at the grocery store. <laughs> that was smart. And you don't mind doing it. Every, I don't mind doing it every once in a while. Right. Exactly. Occasion, but not yeah. regularly. That's not, it's just not practical for my lifestyle. So, well, I, I think you guys can go on Amazon. You know how to go on Amazon.com <laughs> and find Amy Riley, R-E-I-L-E-Y, and just download all of her books. Just support this great work she's doing in this ministry for helping your sexual health. I just appreciate you so much for your evangelism, ma'am. Oh my goodness, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I do want to tell you, if people want, you know, if they want to support local bookstores, my books are distributed nationwide. You can, you'll have to special order it from your neighborhood bookstore, but you can buy it from your neighborhood bookstore too. Absolutely. I'm a big proponent of independent bookstores mm-hmm. and I appreciate you picking up that fumble very much. <laughs> so I just happened to be online today looking at your books and said the first thing that came to mind, but there are a lot of <laughs> wonderful bookstores in your community that can get any book for you. And uh, just R-E-I-L-E-Y is your last name, your surname. And I have to say, when we communicated, and I am just such a nerd that at first I I was initially taken by the topic that you're an expert on, but then I started thinking, R-E-I-L-E-Y, I've never seen that before. And I've treated (laughs) thousands of patients. I know so many people. So I Googled it, 
that's her name. Mm-hmm. And it is the 16,031st most popular surname in the United States, which sounds like a lot, but rounds off to about mm-hmm. 2,400 people with the name. So that is just so interesting to me. Do you know, I, I understand that's probably your married name, but do you know anything about the origin of that name? So it's actually, it is not my married name. Oh, okay. It was, I never changed my name. So I've been an Amy Riley since birth. There we go. Um, and we, my family believes that it's an Irish, I'm not an Irish, rather, rather than being an Irish Riley, as most Rileys are, we think it's an English Riley mm. because our heritage is mostly English, not, not Irish. Um, so that's our best guess. Um, but I don't, I don't know too much more. It's it's a beautiful name. And uh, the meaning I found in addition to the Irish name, uh, meaning courageous. So I would just take that anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> you are most definitely bold and smart and courageous, but also one who dwells near a rye field and uh, just don't know how that's ever going to come in handy. So I'd go. No, unless maybe oh, rye yeah. an aphrodisiac. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? We have to look that up immediately. As soon as we get off, if Bright is an aphrodisiac, bam, bam, you are witty. I like it. You know, I do recall before we get, before we go to our final question here, I seem to recall that you met your husband through cooking or a mutual friend. There was some cooking involved. Tell me that. Tell me that. Story. This, okay. this will really hone in on whether or not this stuff is working here, Amy Riley. Yes. So I, my, my now husband was an acquaintance of mine. Um, He was, he was a confirmed bachelor and I was working on my book, Fork Me, Spoon Me. And when you work on a cookbook, you have to test the recipes a lot, like to the point, uh, to the point where you don't want to look at this food anymore. Right. And here it was, I know, I'm like, I know this guy who, as far as I could tell, like, I'm not even sure. I knew he ate a lot of soup at home. I wasn't even sure if he knew how to heat the soup, you know, the can of soup. Like I knew he knew how to open a can of soup. That was probably as far as it went. So I just like politely kept calling him and inviting him over. Um, You know, I have all this food. I have all this food. Come on over, over and over and over until like he never left basically. Um, and then I got to tell you interested in him at all. Or no, you just were trying to get rid of no, food. Wow. I was trying to get rid of food and be a nice person. Right. A very nice person. And, and, and that is what happened. And then, um, so when I was working on romancing the stove, uh, I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I had to do my book tour, like six months pregnant. You know what? I'm familiar <laughs> with that. When I was touring with my with my second son, I was I was pregnant. My first one, I was in dental school, and he was kicking patients in the head uh, as I was trying to work on them because right? I was massive. And they loved it. And then touring with the second one, but I'm pretty sure they're better kids uh, because mm. of it. You have two. You and yeah, I have two beautiful family in the on the West Coast, and I'm wondering about. You're doing some very important work, I believe, all all kidding aside. We're having a good time here, but I think you're doing some important work because we talk about so much that, in fact, I had a divorce recovery expert on 
the last episode, Kelly Calabrese, and we talked about finances being a cause of divorce, but from mm-hmm. someone talking to their girlfriends all the time and, and being in various groups, I know that intimacy issues are also mm-hmm. a big deal. It might not be the actual reason that right. they leave, but it sure doesn't help anything right. uh, at all when, when there's nothing going on there. So, and this is a, a healthy way to go about trying to restore some, you know, wellness. Yes. And balance. Yes. So, even within that though, I'm wondering how the, your spouse and young Riley's feel about <laughs> your work and, and what you're doing. I guess your spouse has been on board for a while, but do the kids right. even have any idea what you do for a living? No, no, no. I mean, it's like, I mean, the concept of aphrodisiacs is way, way beyond them. No, I mean, they know I've written books. They know I cook food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they know that I, when I tell them you need to drink your green juice, that I can name all the reasons why you have to drink your green juice. But that's as far as it goes in our house. <laughs> well, do, do you show up on career day with spoon me, fork me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's my husband always jokes. Oh, you know, it's career day. Aren't you going? No, I'm gonna gonna pass on that one. And then I I actually joke to him because believe it or not, he was the senior editor on two of the Jackass movies. So I turn it back around on him and say, aren't you going to career day and show some clips? Yeah. Right. Even just the the (laughs) title alone, speaking of controversy, I remember how (laughs) controversial that was when it, when it came out, you know, now that's pretty mild. It is. It is. Relatively. Well, you guys have a lot of uh, (laughs) experiences and, uh, titles underneath your belt as well. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of laughter and fun in the Riley household. <laughs> Want to talk about one uh, final important aspect of, mm-hmm. of the big, big picture of who you are. And that is that you're working with a nonprofit, mm-hmm. Rock and Wrap It Up. I am. This mission, I never heard of it. It's, it's a really big deal, but um, I think you're a sustainability coordinator. Can you share about that endeavor, that nonprofit? Sure. So in my spare time, which I don't have what? nearly enough of, right? right. <laughs> um, I work for a company called Rock and Wrap It Up, which is an anti-poverty think tank. And I do all of the sustainability coordination, all of our sustainability coordination efforts for the film and television industry, um, because I'm here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I work with um, all of our partner studios, which includes Netflix, NBC, Universal, Warner Media, Sony, Paramount, um, and help them when they have film productions that want to donate leftover catering on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I help them find places in need and arrange for that food to get donated locally and then track it for them as well. Yeah. I love that. So it's food that was not served, just correct. So, you know, with catering, you always have to have a certain, you know, you'll usually have about 10% overage. Plus in film and television, you get a lunch break, but not everyone actually gets to take their lunch break. You know, people are just still working. So they work through, you know, some of the people who work through lunch, they won't show up. So you may have anywhere from 10 to 30% of the food leftover that was never served. And, you know, historically it would get thrown away. And in recent years, companies have really worked hard to change that. And we are one of the facilitators for that change. 
just keeping just keeping food that would go in the trash and making sure that it goes to people instead. I love that. I love that. So many people have food insecurity. There's so much poverty, right. even in, in the richest, you know, one of the richest countries on earth. And and to hear that, you know, you're working with a group to do that in, in the film industry, I can only imagine too that that is unpredictable or people want mm-hmm. their own thing. They may even have their own shift on the set. And I've, I've mm-hmm. just been in a few green rooms and seen you know, the massive quantities of food right. that they have in there. Right. I know it's crossed my mind. Like, really? Who's eating my yes. donuts? What is and going it on is, It is delicious food very often. It, it is. is good food. So we do this all across the U.S. and Canada. Okay. Yeah. Keep up the great work. I'm excited to hear about it. Rock and wrap it up. Tell listeners how they can contact you, connect with you online and and. We talked a little bit about ordering your books, but you may have a different site or place you want to direct them to other than um, what we've mentioned already. So really everything that we talked about today, if people want more information on all of this, eatsomethingsexy.com, which is spelled just the way it sounds, is the place to go. Um, And I will tell you, if you want to connect with me directly, I'm very active on Twitter. So just reach out to me there and I would be, I would love to hear from you. I'm at fork me, spoon me. Got it. Those are, those are the best places to reach me. We've already talked about where you can find my books. Great. Nice handle. Um, so you guys go out, connect, look for Amy Riley, support her and the great work that she's doing. You know, just get a book. If, if there's some issues at the house, just kind of leave it on the table. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You don't have to go on and on about it or read it and be very engaged and laugh a lot and then leave it. I promise you the man or woman in your life will pick it up just to see what was so entertaining, entertaining, (laughs) Uh, just tricks of the trade from a fellow author, but uh, really great information. And this has been a really fun interview. Amy will drop all your contact information in the show notes and look forward to having you back again when you've got a new book out, got a new project out. We'd love to have you back. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And wasn't that a great program? Oh, love that episode. I enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. Learn more about me on my website, drmoanderson.com. That's M-O-E. You can read book excerpts, watch videos, learn about my services that I offer, and book me for a speaking engagement. I'd love to talk with your group. And I'd love to work with you. So until the next time, review, renew, and re-you. Thank you.